1: previously on the Simply Human Podcast. You'd be surprised how negative we are and we don't even realize it.
2: Alarm clock, yeah, it's like an alarm clock should just like, it should wake up it's like your mom's voice saying like, oh my God, I have cancer! Or something (laughs) 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 like... It's a fire! Right, (laughs) Right. there's a man in your house, he's got a knife! It's episode 187 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts Mark and Rick. Two human beings Human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's a doctor and a lawyer. All in one.
1: Oh, a doctor and a lawyer?
2: Yes. Lynn Marie Morsky, MD, Esquire. Is that how you say that? Is a physician, attorney, speaker, author, and dot 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 drum roll, lifelong quitter. Huh. And we're going to talk about her lifelong quitting. How are you, Rick?
1: I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm good. I have a sore in my mouth.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> when Mark and I were discussing, like, in the five minutes before the show, like, hey, what are we going to talk about? Uh, we, Mark was like,
2: well, i got, uh, I got a sore in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, that's look, what we
1: had. <laughs> that was all. That's all the
2: thing that's going on. So, okay, hold on. So there, it's called something.
1: Okay. Yes. So, this is kind of a long story. So, uh, last February, my partner and I, who my, he's not my partner anymore, he got promoted to sergeant. So I'm kind of oh. by myself. Oh. Uh, anyways, oh. uh, he and I went to this because uh, we work uh, specifically with juvenile law. We went to this conference that's got a whole bunch of. You know, super important people talking about juvenile this and juvenile that and blah, 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 blah. Well, anyways, um, one of the people we met there, uh, she, uh, created this like party game called One Up This. Okay. okay. And I, uh, kind of forgot a little bit about it, but I was going through her cabinet and she gave us it. it <sighs> I've never played, uh, what is it? Cards of humanity or cards, cards of against humanity? humanity. Cards humanity. against humanity. I've never played that, but it's 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 somewhat similar in that in that there's a whole bunch of cards and basically like uh uh you pull a card and you answer the question. Okay. So I feel like when you and I oh. uh, don't have a good story to talk about, this would be a good way to uh oh, yeah. to generate conversation. Okay. Okay. Are
2: are you down for this? Oh, yeah, this is fun. Okay, but All before right, so you before I'm... you start, it's okay. called okay. morsicatio buccarum. Um, what? That's chronic cheek biting. It's All a condition right. characterized by chronic irritation. Are you or kidding? Me? To... Hey, I
1: have that. I have that like big time. Ask anybody who's ever seen me when I'm stressed out. Yeah, like I I chew on the inside of my cheeks and my and my lips.
2: Well, I will. I'll do it until I get like a an ulcer, like a canker sore. Yes. And then I can't eat for days.
1: So I'm not the only one. That's right? what's
2: happening to me right now. Like I start, I can hardly talk. I got three of them like in the crook of my cheek, in like on the outside of my gums. It's terrible. And it's my fault. Like, like I will do
1: that or like the nibbling on uh when I cut my fingernails too yeah, short. Oh
2: my gosh. Yeah. Like hangnails and stuff. Yeah. No,
1: no, no. Not quite hangnail, but like the very, very, very top, like right where the tip of your finger meets the fingernail. Right. Like I will like, like I'm obsessed with trying to make that smooth, but it never works out. It yeah. just ends up being just a. a
2: huge, like, bloody spot. <clears throat> uh, one upper. Okay,
1: so the uh, the, the first card I'm going to pull. Okay, are you ready for this? Yep. Okay, <clears throat> I don't know if this means I go first or you go first, but we'll decide. Okay, okay. so the card
2: I pull oh, wait, is. I, hold on. Am I, recording? <laughs> I make sure I'm recording? Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, Tell a story about a summer romance. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've already got one. Hold on. It's, are you are you thinking? Are you thinking what last, I'm thinking? Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's
1: what? a couple of things I may be thinking, but yes.
2: What is the na- <laughs> what is the name that I'm going to say? Start with.
1: Uh, the first letter for yours is M.
2: Yes, <laughs> and, <laughs> and yours too.
1: Yes, mine also. We'll start with an M. What does your last name start with?
2: W. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Inside joke for two, and maybe Rob. Yes, yes, for for for
1: possibly four. Yeah, if they they, they clearly don't listen, but.
2: Okay, okay just, so let, just, I'll do mine quick. I'll do mine quick.
1: That's ground rules here. Right. Uh, we only have
2: like five minutes. To so we got, all right. We'll got we just refer to her as her initials M.W. We can't say her name?
1: No, you can't say her name.
2: Nobody listens to our show. <laughs> no,
1: but if, in case
2: there is. Yeah, okay.
1: Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know
2: you what that me. means. Okay, so this girl, the same girl. So when I was going into eighth grade. Okay, so the summer in between my seventh and eighth grade year, I'd never really had a girlfriend. Okay, there was this girl that I, she was like older than me. I think she was your age, if I'm not mistaken, and she was like the the older. thing at camp. Like she was like uh, the uh, bee's explain, knees. Explain
1: camp. That's because a, I've a, learned that's something that like regular person, like cr- regular
2: people, don't understand. Like a it was like a, a Church of Christ camp, like a, a like a, a Church camp, yeah, yeah, and like like no mixed swimming. It was very strict. Um so it
1: oh, my... uh, regular people don't know what mixed swimming means, by the so, way. So, like,
2: boys couldn't swim with girls, girls couldn't swim with boys. And there was, like, a barrier around so the boys wouldn't, like, peek out at the girls in their swimsuits, which was, like, what, 200 yards <laughs> out into the wilderness? <laughs> Remember? We had, like, run through the briar patch to get to the swimming pool. <laughs> the swimming
1: pool was, like, 1,000 yeah. <laughs> yards. Away they had these, like, chain link fence where you couldn't see through yeah. because they knew that, like, we would somehow <laughs> we figure out.
2: Course, through. So, like, by the time you walked out there, it was like, "Well, swim hour is over" because it took us thirty minutes to walk out here. So, this girl. So, this is like the funny thing. So, I asked her out. Well, you, you can go out with me for the rest of the camp. You don't, ha- you don't have to if you don't want. <laughs> okay.
1: Pause. 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 Very quickly. We.
2: Uh,
1: I don't know if this is normal for regular people, but we had like that was a very important thing. Is the camp, uh, the camp boyfriend or camp girlfriend?
2: Right. And the first night of camp, I leaned over to her after, like at the very end of the night, and I and this is how I asked her out. I mean, I'm I'm 13 years old, and I said, "Will you go out with me for the rest of camp? You don't have to if you don't want to." And, like, just just oozing confidence.
1: <laughs>
2: and she said yes,
1: just, just exactly like a uh, uh, like a 007. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so she said yes. Because he couldn't uh resist <laughs> my confidence. And on Wednesday night, so three days into camp, okay. she started acting weird. Oh boy. And I knew something was up.
1: You did something.
2: I don't know. And 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 just like 007, she like wanted to talk to me and I said, You want to break up with me, don't, <laughs> you, <laughs> don't you? And she said yes. And I immediately, thirteen years old, pre pre pubescent I ran into my room like uh, something off of like steel magnolias is what I'm like just like a southern dramatic Oh, and I go running into the bed and I get on my bunk and I start crying uncontrollably sobbing and punching the wall with my hand (laughs) and your brother Rob was like my counselor and I remember him just like standing there like like not really knowing like what to do because like this is very odd behavior for a 13 year old who just like went out with the girl for like 2 days and they didn't even like <laughs> and Jack Patterson is part of the story too because one time we were walking to the swing like on Monday and we were holding hands like like the man without a pancreas the man without a pancreas we were like we were like crisscross finger holding hands you know like interlaced <laughs>
1: fingers yeah yeah there and we go. Jack
2: I passed Jack walking up to the swing like that with, and he gave me a high five isn't that weird that I remember that that is kind of weird so okay. my story with that is involving the, the, the exactly exact same girl, the, girl. <laughs> the
1: year later because when Mark uh, "Quote unquote," hooked up with her over
2: church camp, which, which we held just hands. The
1: same thing that regular people
2: know. Ooh, you know what? Up. She's the first girl that she's like stuck her tongue in my mouth, <laughs> and that was like my first like quote unquote French kiss. But it wasn't really a French kiss because I was just like totally caught off guard. She just walked up to me and shoved her tongue in my mouth, like on the.
1: Hey, she was the first girl who's.
2: Uh... <clears throat> uh, he's... I touched. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh. So... <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the the next year, so at this church camp, like you could become a counselor when you were like in I forget what it was, like your ninth grade or tenth grade year, something yes. like that, and uh, y- you would like your ninth grader or year, or but whatever. you were at the like, kid camp, little kids camp, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, they they had big kids camp and little kids camp, and so like your your ninth grade year, you could be a counselor at little kids camp. Okay, right. So right. Uh, this was the recall correctly this was the summer between my 10th and 11th grade year so i we'd been at counselors uh, a couple years at at little kids camp and on the sunday night or the saturday night before all the kids show up like all the counselors show up and you do a bunch of team building just horse crap and uh i I had a huge crush on her like giant from when the year before you and her
2: were camp boyfriend girlfriend for two days Oh, this is so. And you and you saw my uncontrollable sobbing. You're like, man, she (laughs) must (laughs) be really special.
1: (laughs) And so, she and I were camp uh, counselor (laughs) boyfriend Boyfriend, girlfriend girlfriend. for the entire week. And I was like, I was done. Like I was completely smitten. And I uh, invited her to homecoming. uh, And the day of, like, and and we like we wrote like the whole summer. Between like when you and her got together and when me and her got together, we wrote letters, you know, elaborate with a bunch of hearts written on them and the whole nine yards. And, uh, and then, uh, after like we, we were together the whole week of camp. And then after that, like we, we, we kept in touch. My mom had a a cell phone, which back in those days, which kind of rare, but she had free nights and weekends. So I'd wait until like
2: five o'clock on Friday. (laughs) 8.01 8.01 PM and I'd be like,
1: okay, I can call MW. So I'd call her and we'd talk and we talked all the time. And I invited her to, Hey, will you come to me with home, to, to, to homecoming? And she was like, Oh, that would be so great. And I was like, I'm going to show my friends, my super hot girlfriend. And she's so great. And the day of, uh, I called her like, so when are you, you you're coming? And she was like, ah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come. And I was like, Oh god, that's
2: terrible. <laughs> so there are other funny uh, stories <laughs> around that which we can't. Hey, whoa,
1: whoa. I remember that very quickly the bed that you, when it, you guys broke up in, yeah, like the bed that you slept in, and like one of the was punching the wall. You, yeah, you wrote on the bed, <laughs> which was for pretty common. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Mr. with a heart. Mw, and then you cross out your <laughs> <her> thing. <name. laughs> and I saw it like two years
2: later. <laughs> oh my gosh! What are the chances? Uh,
1: okay, so oh. by the way, very quickly, if you're interested in, uh it's a fun party game. uh well, we one... should do it
2: next week too. That yeah, was great. We,
1: yeah, oneupthisgame.com. One up. This game you can do it. You can
2: play it online. It's like you can access you
1: you buy a set of cards you idiot You buy them on
2: the website and they send them to you, but this would be like a fun. Oh uh, my gosh We should ask Lynn Marie this question. Oh I don't want to like ambush somebody Do
1: you think I think we should
2: okay all right all right hang out. I'll um, I'll call you right back. Okay, all right I'm here. (gasps) Lynn Marie Hi guys, and this is Rick. This is Mark speaking, and then Rick is also on the line.
0: Hi, hi, <laughs> nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet, meet you.
2: you. I'm, do
1: si- you go I'm, by, I'm. Do you go by Lynn Marie or is it
2: Lynn or like, what? Do you Rick, compare? I already asked her this.
0: Oh, all right. Well, I didn't ask her, Mark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we didn't compare notes. Uh, it's, it's, Lynn right. it's Lynn Marie. It's Lynn Marie. It could be many different things. So we we did a little bit of intro uh, in the of you in the intro, uh, and I'm really getting good at the It's adding people to, on Skype, Rick. <laughs> I like. I didn't even like have a problem that time. I'm. It's like you would think I would have learned after five years, and I've just now gotten to where I'm like feel confident about adding someone. Okay, Lynn Marie. Before we get started, <laughs> we just played kind of a fun game in our intro. We call it Crosstalk. Rick was. Uh, Talking about this game, and it's like it's called One Upper. Is that right, Rick?
1: It's it's, the name of the game is called One Up This, and it's basically like a card game uh, that you would play with people like at a. uh, like an adult get-together, not oh, an adult get-together. Get- oh, yeah. that <laughs> sounds fancy. <laughs> 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 yeah, so everybody puts your keys
2: in a giant... <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, oh, Lord. Uh,
1: so the game basically is like <laughs> eliciting funny stories. And so the card we pulled and that we talked about during Crosstalk was tell a sto- story about a summer romance. And we're going to see if you have. A we just had a story.
2: lot of fun talking about a summer romance, which just so happened to include the same girl.
1: <laughs> Me and Mark talking about the same <laughs> girl.
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so do you that's have. Does, does one come to mind for you like a like a middle school, high school summer romance? Yeah. Man.
0: I mean, the question is, do I have one or do I have one that's a good story? Well, all well, stories are good stories. About
1: a summer romance.
0: Okay. Okay. And this is probably not okay because I have not had like a flourishing love life. So this is as close to a summer (laughs) romance story as you're going to get. We didn't, we didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, just met you. Let me tell you about my love. (laughs) Right, right, I know. (laughs) But here goes. I'll try to give the shortest version possible. Okay. I was 19. I was living in St. Louis. The place I was working at, doing multimedia, they did the audiovisual for like the local amphitheater where bands would come play. Okay. And the person who usually did what's called pull cable, which is like they run behind the camera right. guy and they make sure his cable doesn't like trip up everybody on stage. That guy was like out for the day, and they said, "Okay, 19-year-old Lynn Marie, will you go do this for the Aerosmith concert?" What? And I was like, ah. <laughs> oh huh oh okay they're like we'll give you 50 bucks i mean you know 19 year old i was like sure yeah whatever. i'll do it for free yeah right exactly and so actually what it was is the camera guy was out so the cable puller guy got to move up to camera guy for the night and so he tells me he's like oh i get there and they're like training me and i show up in like a black tank and shorts and they're like are you kidding us and they like put a black like uh, sweatshirt over me and then they they literally electrical tape my sandals to my feet with black tape and they put a hat on me and they're like, you have to be, you know, unseeable. And the, and then the camera guy, his job is to like, teach me how to pull cable. And he makes it sound like obviously it's the most important job in the world because this was his normal job. Right. And he says to me, he's like, these guys can get us fired. These guys are bulls. And I'm thinking they can't get me fired. This is not my job. But okay, <laughs> you know, I'll let you have your power trip. But he says to me, he's like, okay, this is how you pull the cable. He said, but if any of these guys come toward your side of the stage, you're, you just drop the cable and run because I'm holding like 30, 40, 50 pounds of cable, you know, all dusty and black, whatever. I'm like letting it out as he runs out <laughs> toward the, you know, do his camera thing. And then as he comes back toward my side of the stage, I reel it up, you know. Right. And so he says, OK, if they come toward your side of the stage, drop the cable and run. And that's literally all I remembered from most of my training. And so. Uh, the opening band plays. I am doing a terrible job. I am, like, all tangled up like some character out of Charlie Brown. <laughs> and finally, Aero- Aerosmith gets on, and I have caught on to the pulling cable. I'm pulling it out. I pull it back in. Everything's going fine. And then Living on the Edge comes on. Oh, and that's s- good song. <laughs> Right? And suddenly, Steven Tyler starts to, like, dart toward my side of the stage.
2: In his tight and- pants.
0: In his tight pants yeah. and with all the, like, you know, the microphone, scarves, the scarf, the whole thing, scarves, yeah, yeah. Microphone. yeah. So, it's such a weird bit, by the way, but, okay. But, yeah, but it's, you know, it's consistent still going, and that was what was going on in, I think, this is, like, 1998. <laughs> um, and so he starts to, to, you know, kind of dart in my direction, and all my brain remembers is drop the cable and run, right?
2: Uh-huh. So
0: I drop the cable, and I can only imagine the look on my face. That I didn't realize he must have seen. And so I drop the cable and I just start running. This is a giant like outdoor amphitheater. And so I run to where like I'm all the way at the end of the stage behind these giant banks of speakers. And I get as far as I can go. They didn't say how far to run, right? Just drop the cable and keep running. You're outside and so, at this point. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm in the parking lot. And so at this point, I like when I hit the end of the stage and the end of behind all the speakers, I just crouch down. And right as I crouch down, I start to like look up and all of a sudden all these scarves fall over my face. <sighs> <laughs> and I realize he has run after me because he doesn't know why little girl covered in soot <laughs> dropped the cable and ran so he follows me he's like trying
2: to like protect you or something
0: I I have no idea what his goal was but when I looked up and I saw the scarves it comes right to the chorus and then all of a sudden there's like a microphone in my face and I go <gasps> living, living, on, living the on the edge, edge. <laughs>
2: Gosh.
0: <laughs> and and then like I look up and the rest of the band is dying laughing. And like Steven Tyler stands up and he runs back and the camera guy's face was like, oh my god, the guy who had trained me, you oh, know, drop the cable gosh. and run. So the reason this even comes up as a quasi-summer romance is that the next day they are like um Paging Lynn Marie Tyler, because I, we had been behind the speakers for so long like because these entire bank of speakers I had run so far back that all anybody like my colleagues are working out in the you know audience area with the other cameras, they see me run behind the speakers. they see Steven Tyler run behind the speakers oh. and then like nobody comes out for a you know, and wow. they hear you like go <laughs> on the earth <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh my! So, so you scary. and steven man that that uh that story really, <laughs> really destroys our stories. Jeez, ruined the entire right. interest. Well, in okay, show. Rick. Let's let's uh, in the interest of time, we normally guess birthdays, but just would you just are you a June birthday? I'm not. What when, when's your birthday?
0: September thirteenth. September
2: thirteenth. Well, we usually guess birthdays, but we did the one upper thing, so we didn't do that. Okay, let's get on the interview. Lynn Marie, you have an incredible background. You're a doctor and a lawyer, and all these things. And your your thing, your book is about quitting by design. Is the name of the book, which we'll talk about in a second. So, uh, kind of briefly tell your story. Like, how did you get to where you are today? And if you said you were nineteen, and then in nineteen ninety eight, we're probably about the same age. Were you born in eighty?
0: Uh, 77. 77. I might be off on my math with oh, 1998, right. <laughs>
2: but. Okay. So you're like, yeah, okay. That's, we, that that's, you're, where? we're all the same age. We're born all, all kind of that same little clump of years there. Um, so yes, tell us. Good, so I
0: can make office space references and you guys will get that. Absolutely. Exactly absolutely. Right. Tommy
2: boy, so all she, those things. My stapler. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. So tell us how you got to where you are today.
0: Okay. So, you know, shortly after the Aerosmith incident, I was a multimedia designer. That's what I, I mean, my, my college major was essentially start off as broadcast journalism, but I realized, Oh, I don't like the sound of my voice or the look of me on camera. And I went straight to like behind the scenes. So I did video editing and got a job at that place that I that sent me to Aerosmith and that turned into a multimedia job. So this is again 98 99 where you just had to know a little bit of HTML and maybe a little Photoshop and you could put up your small website maybe make a CD-ROM since <laughs> we were all of the same age and we know what that was. You
2: say CD-ROM and we're all like oh, 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 oh how oh, silly right?
0: Exactly how antiquated <laughs> <laughs> the good old days yeah. like all of a sudden we're living in sepia tone but yes <laughs> I made CD-ROMs <laughs> And um, I was not great at it. You know, like this wasn't what I'd started off doing, but it was just kind of how things had evolved. And I was not making any kind of decent money. And and I thought like, man, I need some kind of secure f- future. You know, I hadn't grown up with a lot of money. My parents didn't have some big retirement. And my brother and I were like, okay, you know, one of the two of us has to like make some cash at some point, you know, to have some reserve for in case our parents need it. Right. And my brother was like working at the Westin and I was working as definitely the lowest person on the totem pole at this multimedia uh, place and suddenly they hire somebody over me who was younger than me and it was a little bit like, oh boy, you know yeah. the writing's kind of on the wall I here I need it. to like yeah, it's time to evaluate my life here and I had always been like, I know what I'm gonna do this is what's gonna happen this is what's gonna happen and all of a sudden I'm I'm 21 I was halfway through graduate school in multimedia because I thought maybe if I just like learn more about it I'll get better and I'll like it. And I was was like, okay, that was my last ditch effort was I would take a Java class. Cause like, this is when you went from, you could just know HTML to like, you must know 40 programming languages. First day of Java class. I was like counting the minutes. I was so bored out of my mind. I thought like, if I'm this bored in the Java class, clearly (laughs) multimedia is not for me. Let's go back to the drawing board. And so that was my first big quit. And that's when I was like, do I want to be a florist, a chiropractor, like a dog catcher? I have no idea what I want to do. Like this first thing was not a hit. Right. And, um, and I was like, I'm, what am I good at? You know, I'm good at school. What is stable? Well, you know, I looked around and my swing dance partner at the time was a doctor. And so, like, there were a lot swing of things. Swing dancing, where that
2: I, was a thing back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. right,
0: right. I yeah. am dating myself right and yeah, left. Yes, yeah. yeah, so in my swing <laughs> dance partner. I was in a ska band too, if you want me to Okay, myself okay. Some more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs> so, here, so, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. While so you were watching The, doctors, the Simpsons, the, yeah. What'd you say? I said
2: while you were watching The Simpsons. <laughs>
0: Oh, you know, I was. I totally was. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, So, yeah, I decided okay, let me try the medical school route, which took a decade because I had not done anything resembling a pre med course, obviously, in like my video editing school. So, I had to do pre med. And then I somehow miraculously got into one medical school because that is hard. And I got into med school. And the entire time, the only thing I wanted to do was sports medicine like that should have been another clue along my my quitting path because back in the day when you're you know 21 you and your intuition are not necessarily like that well acquainted with each other at that point you know you're just trying to you know like trying to make your way in the world and and make your mark on this earth and and like that which does not kill me only makes me stronger is way too prevalent in your thought process (laughs) but at the time i should have realized like oh when i thought about going to medical school i looked at every specialty and none of them sounded great sports medicine sounded tolerable because i was a dancer still am but it sounded like okay that's Mm. pretty much like dance medicine and most of the people you're going to see want to be healthy right like you're not fighting this uphill battle against people who don't want to take their high blood pressure medicines or whatever the rest of medicine sounded like right and generally you're prescribing like ice so i thought okay this is something i can handle ice (laughs) right (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah commonly like i
2: went to all this school and paid all this money and like i'm just telling people like put some ice on that that's right pretty right much it. rest yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> do nothing and ice it there's yeah. you <laughs> yeah it wasn't coming with a whole lot of pharmaceutical you know benefits at that point right. nobody's bribing me to take me out to dinner didn't <laughs> ice, but anyway I, I go all the way through med school and then I went through residency at the Mayo Clinic which was really hardcore like they were not an easy like it was not an easy place to do residency and I was so miserable the whole time but I kept saying like when I get to sports medicine everything will be better and then I got to sports medicine and I did my fellowship at the University of Arizona and I did not realize until I was confronted with it. Like I'm standing on the sidelines of like a Pac-10 football game mm. that I assume most people would have loved to have done.
2: Was uh, Jake thought, Plummer playing in that game for Arizona State?
0: Um, no, <laughs> that I, I was, was that
2: era, Jake the Jake Plummer era.
0: Um, I was at University of Arizona. Right,
2: Darren um, Woodson oh, went to Arizona. Well, I know he went there, but I was saying Mark, it was a rivalry Mark, game. Mark, stop. Sorry, stop, Sorry. Mark. Stop. Go okay. ahead, continue.
0: I, I was in the Rob Gronkowski era okay oh, yes okay Very there good. we go okay. there we go yes um and the only name i remember so please don't ask me <laughs> else. but at this point i was like oh my gosh i never watched a football game in my life uh i don't actually enjoy watching sports and i have to be here for seven hours yeah. like i had to get there at three two hours beforehand you're like Hanging out, waiting for them to have an injury, you know, or to come to you with something. Then you sit there, stand there through the entire football game. Then you stay for two hours after to bandage them up whatever you have to come in the next morning and I was like oh my gosh like I like my life and I like my freedom and between that extremely long extravaganza of footballness and then the Arizona Diamondbacks paging me every 30 seconds like we have an emergency somebody needs an allergy shot and we're not talking like they were having an allergic reaction they needed an EpiPen they like just wanted you know they were gonna have the sniffles this season so they needed an allergy shot to prevent it and I was like Stat allergies? That's not even a thing, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like you're calling me. Like I, I went over. Like they would call me, and I would have like a full clinic. Like you need to get over here and give this athlete a shot. with some baseball player, so I'd come over there and I'd get the the syringe ready, and they'd be like, "Oh, he's batting." They had like a. A, you know, like a baseball diamond outside. Yeah, and then like 10 minutes later. I'm like um, I, I'm not great at baseball, but I'm sure he's not still batting, you know Like unless he hit 150 <laughs> foul balls. and are like, oh no now he's in the outfield And I was like and my entire clinic of patients are waiting. waiting like your idea of an emergency <laughs> and mine are very different yeah. And so it was somewhere in there where I was like, whoa I made a big mistake like I spent a decade head down Lighting the end of the tunnel trying to get to sports medicine and I don't love it. And so I had to make another, that was my second big quit was to say like, I mean, now I have this medical degree and all these certifications, but I am not practicing sports medicine, not this way. And so I found what I could tolerate from medicine and what I couldn't. And I never wanted to have somebody calling me with emergencies or to have a pager or to be prescribing opioids. And I found a job on Twitter of all places Uh that, yeah, that, that I currently still have where I make my own schedule. I work like 10 hours a week for the VA doing Compensation and pension exams. So it requires another things I didn't want and from there. That's how I went ended up having like The time to go to law school because that was always much more interesting to me not like compared to medicine, but I just always wanted to take the LSAT which is a whole nother story, (laughs) but I moved next to a law school when I moved to San Diego and I just felt this intense jealousy. By this time, I was a little more in tune to my intuition. I was yeah. like, why am I so jealous of the people who get to go there? And I was like, why don't I just go there? And so I did. And so I got a law degree. Oh my
2: gosh. And, and then, well, it was that yeah. it was at your, you, you were the valedictorian of your class and then like you got up and told everyone to quit law school basically. Is that is that how the story goes? How it,
0: yes, that's exactly how it went. <laughs> yep. So that's where the entire quitting thing started.
2: Okay. So, um... Okay, a lot of people will hear this, and the misconception is, "Oh wait, she's done all this stuff, and she's a lifelong quitter." Well, I don't ever quit. Quitters never win, and all that. Like, what? What's the difference between quitting and giving up?
0: It's where the impetus comes from. So, giving up is like you're at the gym, you're on your eighth rep of what's supposed to be ten or thirteen. You're like, "Oh, I just can't do it. Oh, I'm just not going to do another one." That's you just giving up. That's because your mind has told you you can't finish a thing. Quitting or strategic quitting, which is what my book and my podcast are about, is a process of realizing that your body is talking to you. So not your mind. You know that voice in your head is not your best friend. It is bizarrely like, uh, contradicting to our, to our overall health. It's just like our, you know, our number one enemy often, but our body is our friend our body has our best interest in mind. So if you're anxious or you're getting insomnia or acid reflux or depression or migraines because you're in all these situations that don't work for you, that's when you need to listen to yourself and say, okay, what is causing these symptoms and what can I strategically quit that isn't working for me so that I can start to improve my own health? That's the difference between quitting and giving up is essentially like, is your body telling you that something's wrong or is it your mind?
2: right what well, like what is like you know we're all kind of from the same era and just i mean 10 years ago we still had flip phones and just in the last 10 years things have gotten crazy and i i mean i'm i'm one that has really had to to learn how to say no to stuff like we think like okay i'm going to have get email on my phone that's going to give me all this extra free time but instead what it does is just, it's just yeah. it just gives us more things to do on our phone like what what have you seen kind of talk about how busy everybody is, and what what is that about the human race right now that is just, like, having to do all the things?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem. It's a lot of the keeping up with the Joneses and... A lot of these false narratives that you see on Instagram and social media because when you see what everybody else is doing, like you're, sure. you're Gary Vee, God bless him. He has inspired many, many people. But if you follow Gary V, it makes it sound like you should not be sleeping or you know a lot right. of these. And so people are like, okay, I better be hustling 24-7. I've got, I've got my got 9, to, nine five, to 5, then I've got my 5 to 9. I better hustle. I better be on my email. I better be tweeting and doing social media and, and getting my funnels and all these things in place. And that may be great for your business, but it definitely sets it up to where you could just drive yourself crazy with all the stimulation and all the, the shoulds that you feel as though you have to be doing. And quitting shoulds is a big quit. Quitting notifications on your phone was a huge quit for me. Like I used to go see patients. I would still leave my phone on my phone on vibrate. And every time it would vibrate, First off, my attention is distracted from the patient for a second. And then not only is it distracted, but like then my, you know, a little piece of not necessarily anxiety, but whatever that like lead up is like, is there something I need to be attending to on my phone? And like as the patient's talking, that still builds up because I haven't answered the phone yet. You know, it's a huge difference to like turn off all notifications, minimize these distractions. If you're going through social media and there's somebody who triggers you a lot to like think, oh, I better do a million other things or, you know. You're following people that are 400 times fitter than you are because maybe they're personal trainers and that's their entire job, right. and so that leads you to like feel like, oh, I've got to be I'm doing more at the s- gym, so and more at my diet, yeah. like decrease your stimuli in these areas.
2: Right. So, uh, Rick, I just read an article in the Harvard Business Journal, um, and uh, I thought he was going to make fun of me for that, but it was talking about like companies and like all these initiatives that all the companies do, and like you, if you have so many initiatives going that nobody can do one initiative like you're not none of your initiatives are, are going to be good and it was talking about kind of kind of this for companies though and one of the things it talked about was like the sunk cost idea that okay look we've already invested so much into this initiative we have to just keep doing it because we yeah. spent all this money and how that ends up like uh, you know costing you more in the long run so talk about the sunk cost fallacy as you call it of quitting why is that a fallacy
0: and, well, I would love to have quoted, to have coined that term, but that's just what the economics fellows call it, the economics oh. expert, because I got that from an episode of Freakonomics back in 2011. Great podcast. That's, what I
1: call, that's what I call it, typically. That's so. what he and calls it's an it. Economic, it's an, it's an, a world round economist. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're nice. welcome. You're welcome. For that. <laughs> no, thanks.
0: <laughs> but it's definitely my favorite thing to talk about in quitting because it's so funny when you just boil it down because so many of us at some point in time our lives, in our lives have Fallen victim to it, like you go to a restaurant, you order the the 60 dollars steak. Halfway through, let's not say steak, sushi. You've got seventy dollars worth of sushi, something you're not going to reheat tomorrow for lunch, you know. And you're like halfway through. <laughs> and and- hang on a 2nd i we're supposed to Hold reheat it. sushi the next. Right,
2: <laughs> that's my problem. I
0: gotta go to the bathroom real quick,
1: guys. Uh, <laughs> without me. <laughs>
0: Love it. Yes. (laughs) Let's pretend that you're definitely not supposed to do that the next day. (laughs) And so you're like halfway through your meal and you're like so super full. And you think to yourself, Man, but I've already spent the money. Like we don't ever stop and think, well, eating it's not gonna bring our money back. Like, and the starving children in Africa cannot have that sushi. It's not gonna make it there by tomorrow. Like There's no good justification for eating the rest of it. You're getting yourself actually in a worse shape because then you're going to have to spend like an extra hour on the treadmill and you might feel really, really sick to your stomach. You might have that actual bathroom run. You just talked about like there's no good justification for continuing to sink time or energy into these things that aren't working for us. You know, like if you're at a a law firm and you're working there for three years because you want to make partner and you're miserable after three years, you're like, but I've already dedicated three years or five years and eventually I'll make partner like is is your name on the letterhead going to make things better? Because it actually just makes things way more complicated for you. <laughs> right. so if you weren't happy without your name on the letterhead, all of a sudden you've got more responsibility. The chances of you suddenly being happier because you have a little more money, is pro- they're probably very low. Right. Like, get out while you can before things get complicated.
2: So uh, we talk about uh, the four different types of quitting. Why, how are there four different types of quitting? What are they?
0: I I love that my podcast family put that on there. I and I saw that afterwards. You were like, what like, What are the four different types of quitting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, to be totally honest. <laughs> because no. I was so concerned with so many other things about the packet they were sending out that like somehow that was the one thing I didn't see. Right. And I have since looked at no, that no. and been like,
2: that's funny. No idea. We had a I'm we talking. had a guy on. A, we had a guy on a few months <laughs> ago, know. and it was one of those deals where like, what are the three whatever it was, you know? And he's like, remember that Rick? He didn't even answer the question. <laughs> and and then, and yeah. then, like, after the interview, we were like, "I don't think that he knew the three things that he said." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. That's why I was like, I'm just going to be honest because yeah. I could either do one of those like, uh, well, there's sly, this one type of things quitting. where I just talk about this other, to yeah. like, you know, like look over here. But yeah. and then, then if you, if you circle back to it, I'd be like, guys, I have no idea. <laughs> or you're like, there's
2: uh there's North quitting, there's South quitting, right. there's West and East quitting. That's it. That's it. Next yeah, question. Th- those are them. Like, exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. Cause wow. literally
0: the two types of quitting that I talk about are like, up and quitting, which is essentially the office. This is what I. That's why I always clarify. Have you seen Office Space? Because you know, up and quitting is yeah. essentially the guy who just like walks out and burns down the place, right? <laughs> right? That's not what I advocate in my book. The book is about strategic quitting. So those are the two types of quitting. I think the third type we can say is giving up, and the fourth type—that's—that's mm, that's anybody's eh,
2: guess. It's when you just like uh, like jump in front of a bus.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> sure that could be the
2: last one don't do that one
0: don't do that your tip of the day is just (laughs) yeah
1: be filled with despair and grief and walk out please do
0: not jump in front of the (laughs) bus if you could get your dishwasher fixed i have hope for all things on this (laughs)
2: wait a second what why did you say that that
0: episode did you (laughs) really that was was (gasps) riveting
2: (laughs) rick she listened to an episode i did that's incredible
0: i to more than one episode because you oh, me up. Oh, my gosh. You're not, you're not supposed to act like this. Oh, you're right,
2: just- right, right. Yeah, yeah, you've listened. That's right. Yeah,
1: of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. I mean, that's what everybody does. Yeah. Oh, my
2: gosh. That was such – well, you said that. And I was like, hey, I had a dishwasher that broke. <laughs> She's like, yeah, dummy. That's what I was talking about. You moron.
0: <laughs> now I tell everybody whatever episode that was that you have to go back to, it's because everybody has to check out the dishwasher story. Oh, at this that point. was
2: such, and then it was such a good advice from Rick and my other friends in that text thread. Yes, uh, we're the
1: ones who like fix that for you. Like, uh, hey, blow up the CEO of I emailed
2: Lowe, the low get... Lo, Lo CEO, and the Bosch. Like, company, he was like, sounds good, in like Austria. And I got a call, two calls within like 10 minutes of sending the email. It was incredible. Um, okay, very quickly, we need to get, I want to talk about your book and stuff and, and like websites where people can find you. I, I get, I don't think Rick knows this about me. Um, whoa, I, whoa, yeah, whoa. I, know. <laughs> I pay money <laughs> oh. to uh, <laughs> monthly, and I get a, a hour massage.
1: Fantastic. Thank okay, you. listen. Uh, I recently bought a... Oh, this is such a Rick thing to say. A Groupon oh. for a massage... Like, two okay. massages. I love and uh, yeah. they had seven locations. And uh, they're all, like, uh, just in general, like, regular business locations. And one of them is a house that's, like, four doors down from mine. What? And I'm like, that's really weird. I could just walk over here to this. So, I... Long story short, I'm gonna get a massage in a stranger's house.
2: That kind of mark. Mark that. (laughs) Play play that. Play that at your funeral. Um, Okay, so one of these things is massage and meditation. Exercise can mask your problem. What can? What is? What is that? What is the problem?
0: Well, that different for everybody. So think about like what massage and meditation are supposed to do at their very like base core, right? Meditation is supposed to bring you closer to enlightenment and massage is supposed to bring you into a more supple state. Mm. Right. But what do we use it for generally? Oh man, I got to get a massage. I've been so tense at work this whole week that my like shoulders are up next to my ears or, Oh, I've got to like, I've got to go, journal about how toxic this relationship is, you know? Right, like, think but not about like change anything up, about it, yeah. Right, we end up using it as like symptomatic relief when if you could just strategically quit the cause of the symptoms then you either wouldn't need as much self-care or self-care could do its job of bringing you to like a higher level instead of constantly just trying to dig you out of a hole and bring you back to baseline.
2: Right, yeah, it's like, oh I need to go get a massage for my stressful job and then like you go get the massage and then you just go right back to the stressful job. Totally. And the only difference exactly. is you're just all oily now.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Indeed. And you smell like coconut. Yeah. <laughs> you just go right directly back, to back work, to work. With
1: shirt you're, on and You're all glistening like, what's you're that? <laughs> you're,
2: you're, you're, they did the head massage, and your hair is like all sticking up weird. Like, <laughs> like uh, that one movie uh, with Brett Favre. There's what? something about something Mary. Something about Mary. Yeah. But it's coconut so, yeah. oil. Um okay, your book. It's on Amazon. There's a Kindle edition and a hardcover edition and a paperback edition. Quitting by design: Learn to use strategic quitting as a tool to carve out a successful life. I will put I'm going to put the um the Amazon link in the show notes. Is there another link that you would rather people use, a website or something?
0: No. That's the best link to get the book. Cool. They they can go to my website, which will take you to the Amazon link, but also has the podcast and all those things. But if you just need the book, go to Amazon. Cool. What's
2: your what's your what's your website? What's your? I, I, will, answer that. I will answer that. Quitting.
1: Oh, whoa, 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 okay. Hey, hang on, everybody, hang on. Go ahead. Quitting.
2: <laughs> quitting, by quitting by design. Dot edu. 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 Just kidding. Dot <laughs> com. <laughs> G-O-V. G-O-V. <laughs> <laughs> oh my okay. god. Okay, so go to quittingbydesign.com. Um, and then that what about like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any of that stuff we can put on here? Yes.
0: All yes. Of the things. On Facebook, quitting by design, Instagram quitting by design. On Facebook I have a group called Quitopia. It is the humble home for all things strategic quitting. And I'm El Morsky on Twitter. And then there's also YouTube if you look at for quitting by design on YouTube. All the uh, podcast episodes are there, and I do a quit of the week every week.
2: And uh, your podcast is Quit Happens. Yes, it is. Which is a funny name, Rick. Get it?
1: Uh, It is. I actually looked that up uh, on my phone like before we started this, so Quit Happens. It looks looks interesting. I'm going to listen to that, so thank you. Well, we
2: we should listen to it. She listened to us, by golly. (laughs) Solid point. (laughs)
0: That is so-, <laughs> so when i have you guys on my show i can be <gasps> like you listened yes oh my God. <laughs> yeah, <we're- laughs> be all surprised like, right? like yeah. hey, wait, wait,
1: you listen to our show wait, I, had a,
2: I had a dog that, that had that disease <laughs> yeah um <laughs> what <laughs> awesome oh well hey well we would love to be on your show sometime um that would be great we'll email about it um
1: invite yourself over to her house.
2: <laughs> we would love to come we'd swim like, at your pool. Be there for <laughs> yeah. So we'll be there on uh, Christmas Eve. So see you then. Fantastic. I'll have my on. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Lynn Marie, this has been awesome. I will email your, your people that, that contacted us uh, f- with you. I think this was uh, through uh, Jonathan. Yes, my, my guy, Jonathan. Yes. I will email him and also get in touch with you on other stuff as well. So thank you so much for doing this. This was awesome, and thanks for being flexible with your time. I know we were supposed to do this last week, and we had some travel things, and really appreciate you uh, being flexible and, and doing this with us tonight.
0: I had a blast with you guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Awesome. We'll, see, so- we'll talk soon.
0: Okay, bye-bye. What? <laughs> uh,
1: I started making fart noises. And it was just me and her on the line. <laughs> no
2: way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she was just like hyperventilating, laughing. and so so was I. <laughs> I was like, Mark doesn't know well, that. I was like, Mark hang up on somebody on Skype, and she's just like. Yeah, my God. Wheeze laughing
2: and so on. So you just like wait, hold on, hold on. So I hang up and y'all stayed connected? But I I ended the whole conversation.
1: Yes, yes. You like I heard the like the Skype noise and I do like we usually do and went and
0: and just started laughing.
1: Did
2: did you tell her that like that's how you always answer the phone? (laughs) <laughs> no, oh,
1: just my laughing and saying Mark doesn't know <laughs> on, on Skype and she's like hysterically laughing
2: <laughs> oh my gosh I wish we had that on on record oh, oh my gosh <laughs> I just imagine like alright well thanks for doing this and she's like waiting to see if oh are, are, are we still gonna are they still gonna talk to me like did we just stop the recording but we're still gonna say goodbye and, and all she hears is <laughs> This is the hardest oh. I've laughed
1: in a really- <laughs> Oh, my
2: gosh. And then you answer the phone dying laughing. I'm like,
1: what? <laughs>
2: oh, man. That was great. She's oh. great. Um. Okay, while I've got you on here, yes. good grief. Um, there was even something I was going to say right after that. Now I can't even remember. So next week we have, uh, uh, we have one because we missed two in a row. Yes, I need to get Dr. Friedman's show out. And we've got one next week, and then we've got one on the 12th, and on the 26th, okay, and on the 10th of December, and okay. I'm going to get uh, maybe Jason's side, but maybe on that December 3rd or something, well, maybe we can squeeze them in on November, just and have three in November instead of just the two. Um but oh I know what I was gonna say. I was gonna be like if she had any like inkling that we were like big time podcasters, it quickly went away when I was (laughs) like You (laughs) listen to
1: us? (laughs) (laughs) She was like,
2: Oh man, these simple human guys,
1: they're uh they're right at the (laughs) charts. They're right (laughs) at the charts. It was all gone number one when we were like, hang on a second, you listen to us? And it was also gone (laughs) when I (laughs) started making far noises at her. Well,
2: <laughs> and so to pull the curtain back to use your term any, every time I call Rick he never says hello even if I call you on the phone <laughs> you answer the phone to me just
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm almost 40 years old
2: and I still love you. <laughs> And the one time
0: there's like just
2: someone standing there Oh, that doesn't that, get the equivalent of, like, me and you on an elevator, and, like, I get off the elevator, <laughs> and the door's shut, and you just go, Pfft, and, like, rip the hugest fart, and, there's, and then there's, like, some woman, like, standing behind you.
1: Oh man! By the way, if you and I were ever ever on an elevator <laughs> with one random stranger, if you don't think for one second I would make a fart noise and blame it on you, you're oh, insane. One okay <laughs> would be the very first thing I would
2: do. So one okay, very quickly, and then and then we'll we'll end. But this <laughs> that reminded me of a story. So, uh, simply humans own Blake Lewis, uh, who told one of the party bus story, one of the very first humans being human stories five years ago. Um we travel we go to a big football game every year we i think i've probably talked about it on the show and um one of the years so Blake and I are in Abilene and we meet up with some guys that are like in, one's in Dallas and one's up in Minnesota and so we kind of all kind of converge and meet up you know and, and to go to these games and so usually me and Blake are on the on the leg the flight from Abilene to Dallas just just us two well we get on uh the 11
1: the 11 flight what is it like an eleven it's, minute flight from Avalon to Dallas? It's
2: like thirty five minutes.
1: <laughs> wow. I
2: know, oh, it's yeah. cra- it's really awesome. And and so like but the plane is one row of seats. There's just one seat and then an aisle and then two seats. Okay, so it's like there's just three in the row with the aisle in between, and it's like I can't even stand up straight in the airplane, right? That's how like well, when,
1: when you have to go to the front and like contact and like,
2: right, yeah, with the down. propellers. It <laughs> used to actually be a propeller plane. It's a jet now, thank goodness. But um, so Blake and so Blake is like six four. He's way bigger than me, and so he is crammed on this flight. So I am in like the single seat, okay, and then there's the aisle, and then Blake is in the window. And in between us, like right cram next to Blake is like probably this, a college girl. You know, like she was, she was a, a young girl, right? was like sitting in between us. Whoa. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, like me and Blake are trying to talk. And, well, now we can't. we got this girl in between us. And, like, so, like, right as we sit down like, the door closes, I, look, I like, lean over to Blake. Like, in the airplane, I'm kind of doing one of these. Like, are you talking like this? Like, kind of loud. And I was like, hey, Blake, there's a, there's a toilet back here. I know you needed to go number two. <laughs> <laughs> like right like right across that girl like and he just you should go what do you say like <laughs> no i don't
1: How to <laughs> i'm good i can hold it yeah until so he, minutes.
2: he just like <laughs> stared at me like kind of gave me this like <laughs> you a-hole like like really you did this to me right now like so we had a good laugh about that he probably gave me a nookie wait nookie noogie, noogie, noogie. Yeah.
1: Nuggie, where he puts it in the headlock and rubs your yeah, head.
2: Yeah, probably did that anyway. Okay.
1: I'm feeling very, very immature today.
2: I believe that that happened.
1: I have the giggles big time. Oh, <laughs> well, Lynn
2: Marie was great. Go buy her book. That's the tip of the week. Buy Quitters Never Quit. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> That's go, not go what to her, it's called.
1: Listen to her, uh, listen to her podcast. Yeah.
2: Quit happens.
1: Buy her book. Uh, buy <laughs> buy <laughs> the game cards for. I really am gonna
2: buy those because those would be great for my for my work. Um,
1: OneUpThisGame. Yeah.
2: I said quitters never quit. That's not the name of her book. It's quitting by design. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> okay, uh, that is gonna do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. <laughs> and
1: remember, what does your last name start with?
2: W. N- <laughs> Oh my gosh. Inside joke for two, and maybe Rob.